Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is the weekly Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to another week. This is episode 139. I hope you are keeping well and getting your Star Wars on. Whether you've watched a bit of Star Wars, read a book, played a game, whatever, I hope you're living your best Star Wars life. My name's Gary, one of your hosts, as always, and coming up on this week's show, we've got a little bit of news to rattle through. There's just a few stories that are worth talking about, and then we're going to crack on with our review of chapter three continuing with the book of boba fett so i hope you got that watched i hope you find up your disney plus and got that watched because we'll be talking about that so spoilers ahead when we get to that part of the show uh joining me as always is my co-host in the falcon it is the dude that i'm not going to say looks more like the uh the baddie wookie from the book of boba fett or if he looks more like chewback I'm, I'm not sure it's it's a tough one it's a flip of the coin he kind of looks like both. So, yeah, if you ever seen Mark, I'll let you decide. But there we go. It's Mr. Mark Asquith. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, yeah, all right. Uh, don't know what to make of that, you know. But either way, I'm hairy, tall, and ferocious. So, you know, whatever. I'm in. Yeah, good. Good. That's what I wanted, in a way. That's um, your bowling bio, isn't it? Yeah, 10-pin yeah, bowling. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always like to put funny names in those as well. Mm. You know, obviously, as you inevitably do when you're when you're having a laugh, and uh, yeah, no, no, it's good. Now I'll put in chew. In fact, I might put that Santa in because no one will know how to say that. Put Santi, isn't that what uh, Afra calls him? Santi, I think. Black Santi. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. That's true, actually. Mm. So might bloody have to as it goes. Yeah, tall, dark, and hairy. Subtitle, <laughs> like it. <laughs> that's about right. <laughs> What have you read then to do with Star Wars? Or what, what have you built? Have you done any Star Wars Lego or have you read anything Star Wars? Uh, yeah. So I have finished a couple of things. I finished my R2-D2 Lego, which is up there. But it's, if you, you wear Zoom in now, it's behind the music stand so you can't see it. Uh, but it's very, very nice. Very, very nice. Very, very cool. So I, I really like that one and uh, ordered a Wicked Brick background for that one, uh, which nice. is cool. And then I started the new Throne Ascendancy book, having almost like the same day as finishing the uh, was it Last Command the, uh, the, the, mm-hmm. the 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 previous one, which is fascinating because <laughs> they're both by Timothy Zahn. Timothy Zahn, but dude, the styles and the writing is so different, so different. And <clears throat> I gotta be honest, man, I struggled with that last book. Okay, yeah, really struggled with it. It's almost. Like I've said before, I know why people went nuts for it, and I really do. I think it's, it introduces a heck of a lot of good elements, really good elements. But it's just, it's, it, it, they're just not <laughs> as good as the most recent Throne books. And I don't know if it's the writing or how the characters matured. And I mean, there's 20 years of extra thinking gone on with Timothy Zahn and expansion. So I do understand why... It, the characters developed more. And I, but that, they're good books, but nah, they're not my favourites. They're not my favourites. So that's what I've been doing, dude. Not your cup of tea, the old Thrawn stuff, no. no. Well, they are my cup of tea, but they're sort of like that cup of tea that you leave the tea bag in for just not long enough. Oh. So you're, you're all right with it and you'll still, yeah, you'll take it, you'll enjoy it, it'll be all right. It's exactly what you need. But it's not the best one, is it? Mm, it hasn't got that optimum brew time. Mm, yeah, it's Yorkshire tea perfection. What about you? Done much? Uh, yeah, well, I did buy some tea bags. Funnily enough, although I've, I'm in the habit of buying these weird Yorkshire tea bags. They're called, I think they're called biscuit brew or breakfast brew, something like that. They come in the yellow. Please box. tell me you've not bought the biscuit ones. 
I am telling you that. Yeah. You're an idiot. Straight up. Don't do it. They are foul. And I love Yorkshire tea. Ask anyone. Ask Yorkshire tea. They know me. Bye now. But, bye now. Um, the biscuit ones are rancid. I think I think they're called breakfast brew. I no, think. Just go get Yorkshire tea. What's wrong with you? Just get the normal one. Well, I do. Unless you live in a hard water area, then get the hard water version. I do drink the the normal, you know, well, what classic. What are you it for? Why risk it? Well, dude, I don't want to be. I don't want to be in hospital, and the doctor's like, dude, you've got a day left, and I'm like, shit, I never tried those biscuit brew or breakfast brew tea bags. That'd be bad, wouldn't it? Coming in that from a different angle, I know. That I'll be able to say I maxed out on every cup of tea that I had. <laughs> maxed out. Sure. What's your main no regret? Wastage. Didn't try those breakfast brew tea bags. The biscuit ones, man. Idiot. Sam got me some for Christmas like last year. She got me this cup. It's great. It says, you're my cup of Yorkshire tea on it. You know, cute. Cute. And then she got me these biscuit tea bags. With, uh, that I, I had to tell her. I said, it's like someone's got a malted milk or a sports biscuit. Dipped it in a second or two too long. Dropped in the bottom. Forgot it's there, then drunk it. Mm. I quite like that. I don't like, sorry, I don't like <laughs> nope. that I dropped a biscuit in there. I, I hate doing that. That's like, that annoys me for the day. That's my day mm. shot then. If that's happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway, anyways, I, I've done precisely zero Star Wars stuff, dude, for the week. Big fan. Good. Just not done anything other than watch Boba Fett. I've not done anything other than that. All right. I can't decide right. what to read, to be honest with you. I'm, I can't decide. Well, well, have you got the new... Uh, I know we're going to talk about this in a set, but have you got the new High Republic book? I have, but I've not... It's just in a pile with like three or four other Star Wars books. I just don't know. I've got a well, couple read of... that one because you've read the other ones and so that is pretty recent, isn't it? Yeah, true. True. But I'm doing this thing, this kind of 2022 new year, new, new, year, new reading, Gary. God, here we go. Well, go on, what wanna, is it? Yeah. It's motivational. You got Tony Robbins book. <laughs> no. You have, haven't you? <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you, man? You got a Tony Robbins book, and you've got those damn tea bags. I have not got. I've not got that book, Good. or any of them. I've not got them. But I just there was a thing where I I went through a phase of just buying books and not reading them. Weirdly, and I've done that for like fifteen years both I get that. physical books and Kindle books. So one of the things I decided to do in 2022 onwards was to start catching up and reading some of those books so that it's not just a pile of dead cash. I want to actually read what I've bought. Let me talk to you. Here we go. You know, on a, you know what, when do you get your shopping? What day do you get your shopping? I'm going to say a Friday, like a Friday shopper. So you get your shopping on a Friday, let's assume. And uh, you think, oh, Saturday morning, I'm going to make an absolutely banging casserole on Saturday. And then Saturday comes round, you fancy a pizza. You don't feel bad <laughs> about that casserole. You think to yourself, I'll have that on Wednesday, a time in the future. And I'm going to do the thing that I want to do now. Read what you want, guys. No one's holding you to ransom, dude. Those books aren't going anywhere unless you give them away to charity. And if you do, that's on you. I get that. But I have to make the effort. I have to make a decision. I have to be like, right, from this point on, I have to at least make the effort. So, so my initial plan was like, I'll read a new book and then an old one, a new one, and, you know, alternate it a little bit. So I've just got three or four options that I'm not sure on. But yeah, I think you're right, dude. Might just do the old High Republic. Just crack on. Why not? Trousers off, new book on. Yeah. Leave the socks on, though. It's cold, isn't it? Well, yeah, obviously. Not idiots. <laughs> Silly. Yeah, anyways... I was going to do the uh, the whole make sure you follow us on your app thing, but that's already been done. That's part of the pre-roll that Captivate offers. It's part of Amy. What? So, yeah, we have a pre-roll. And it says, oh, do we? Yeah, it says, this is Gary from Spark of Rebellion. Make sure you follow this app on your podcast, favourite podcast app and all that, Patreon and all that stuff. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, it's nice, isn't it? I hope you did that. If you didn't, shame on you. Yeah. In case I didn't do that, make sure you follow the podcast in your fave podcast app. We have a new show that lands every Friday. No, we don't. Every yep. Saturday. It's lovely. Yep. Get your weekend Star Wars on. And to all of our patrons who currently support us, we love you guys. Thank you very much for your continued support. And if you like the show and you want to support us, do that over at sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon. Get jump on board. Only costs you a buck upwards. Of course, there are other tiers if you want to do other stuff, but yeah. Mm. 
spend a buck, support the show. We'd love you for that. And get yourself a sticker. And anything else you want, just let us know. Just let us know. So let's crack on with some news, shall we? Let's do a few newsy bits before we get on to the book of Boba Fett. So talking to the High Republic, we've got some planning being done by the story group and and uh, Lucasfilm and whatnot, which is good. So we've had the the first batch of stories, which have kind of been and gone now. That was the phase one stuff. Uh, so I didn't even realise they were doing phases for these, which is kind of cool. But yeah, the phase one stories have been gone. And phase two has now been discussed and planned in and whatnot. We don't know too many details about it at the moment. We just know that phase two will be uh, under the subtitle, this umbrella title for all these stories called Quest of the Jedi. So that's going to insinuate to me and probably to you as well that we're going to get a bunch more uh, sort of in-depth history uh, in these new books and stuff around the Jedi and whatnot. So the phase two stuff is actually a prequel to the phase one stuff, and that is set 150 years before the phase one stuff, which is kind of cool. So uh, I mentioned about books and stuff to read, dude. It's just never ending. There's going to be a bunch of newer books now for the High Republic, which we expected anyway. We knew they were they were going to pop along at some point. So, um, so yeah, we've got some new authors and we've got some authors coming back as well. Kevin Scott's coming back to look at the comics and whatnot. And um, yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, I assume this is uh, this is going to throw on this can be thrown onto your planner, dude. Looking forward to these. Oh yeah, I'm just having a quick look actually, because um, I was just debating like, have I got all of these uh, Phase One ones? Which is the the Phase One is termed Light of the Jedi, which obviously was the uh, the name of the book. I'm fairly <laughs> sure that I ordered that one, uh, which is good. Comes out February third. Um, the the latest one, Midnight Horizon. But yeah, there's this Fallen Star one which has just arrived, which you know looks pretty good. And it's I think it's interesting that they're doing these in phases. Um, and that they've 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 sort of um, rather than just going like, look, High Republic is High Republic. Then you've got like you know prequel era, which is Fall of the Republic, and then you've got Rise of the you know or Rise of the Empire, whatever. And then you've got Rise of the Resistance, or you know whatever they've called those things. I forget what they are. Um, I think it's quite interesting that they're, they're phasing these so much. So it's not like the High Republic is just one thing. It's sort of right. This is just an era, and because. I was thinking about it the other day. You know, the Thrawn stuff is squarely in prequel and OT. So there's a lot going on, you know, with Star Wars books. And there's obviously a heck of a lot that will continue to go on. So I'm I'm actually quite relieved that we are going to skip back and forth and see a little bit more about the Sith. And I would have thought, you know, that with even even with the game, you know, the, the Eclipse game that we talked about before, it just... The High Republic, you know, it, it seems to span such a time frame, which I'm fascinated by. You know, this new this new game is 50 years before the uh, the Phantom Menace, from what we can tell, the fall of the High Republic, and then you've got this Phase One, which is what a couple hundred years before that. Then 150 years before that, you've got this. So I'm 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 pretty good with this. I like it, and the talent has been fantastic. Um, you know the the talent on show. I think for for the High Republic in general, it came out of the blocks really swinging hard. You know, with the the hyperspace disaster, that was a real a real hook. You know, and I think if they can keep that up, I, I'm fascinated by it, dude. And I'm interested to see what they do again. You know, Yoda's. I think someone talked about this. One of the authors or the planners. You know, Yoda was out of action, off on a bit of a sabbatical because it's the Luke Skywalker problem. Um, mm. You know, you chuck a Yoda in and he takes over everything. Um, but it, I, I, I think we'll start to see a bit more of that. You know, you can't be on sabbatical for two hundred years, so it's you know I don't know how many holidays he gets, but it's good because I, I, I do think it just feels very Star Warsy, where some stuff hasn't. You know, ironically, the sequel trilogy felt less Star Warsy than these new books. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely. It, yeah, no, I'm up for it, man. I'm up for. It. I've really enjoyed the High Republic. A couple of you know, certainly no bad books. A couple of you know, three and a half, four stars and some five stars. But I mean, if three and a half stars out of five is the worst, you're doing all right. Mm-hmm. Was that the Claudia Gray one you weren't a fan of? Was that uh, the Fallen Star? Was it that one? No, it was, it was, it was out, was it out of the shadows? But it was oh, only, yeah. like, I wouldn't say not a fan of, it just wasn't as, I mean, because Claudia Gray's just done that good stuff. You know, the layer book that she's done, the Fallen, was it Lost Stars or Fall? Yeah, Lost Stars. Um, they're so bloody good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree, man. You make a good point. If three, three and a half is the worst it's going to get, up for that. Yeah, yeah, that's all right, isn't it? Well, that's good. Yeah. 
So, yeah, so phase two. Uh, we're going to get all that stuff trickling through at some point, I assume. Uh, when does it say phase two? Uh, well, yeah, well, not till the end of the year. So that's perfect for me, dude, because I can catch up with these other High Republic ones <laughs> in the meantime. So uh, September, October time-ish, uh, we'll start getting the phase two stuff land. So that's all good. Good, man. Good good good, 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 good. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Interesting good. stuff. Yes. Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga video game. Uh, apparently, they're trying to. This is really. This is so um, cumbersome of the studios uh, to to not put a, a definite release date on this game because now it's we're relying on um, uh, insiders and guessing games and all that stuff. But apparently, the the game has been put back quite a few times as. The, Apparently they've they've whittled down a release date uh, or a release window, not a definitive date um, of this year, which is good. And apparently um, it slipped again. So we had it pushed back. It was meant to launch for Christmas, I think, or November last year. And then it got mm. put back. And now apparently we're looking at April slash May as the release window. And uh, this has come from a website called Best Bin Bulletin, which sounds rather good. I've not heard of that star wars new site before uh, i'm not sure how they how long they've been going but apparently it comes from those guys and it's one of those uh, they even say themselves take it with a pinch of salt it's not set in stone but uh, they they think that the april may thing is a goer because of the obvious may the fourth around mm. that time so have you still got this pre-ordered my man because i've still got it pre-ordered on amazon but yeah, yeah. still got it yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> still got it it um yeah i, I mean <laughs> It's one of those things I just forget about, you know, and then it'll it'll just turn up. Yeah, it'll just turn <laughs> you know, up. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be like, oh, fucking, I forgot I had that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's a funny one, isn't it? Anytime a game is delayed, I mean, Halo was delayed, and and you sort of get a bit miffed because you're like, oh, bloody hell. And you start, especially if it goes back, you know, time and time again, you think, come on. But then something like Halo comes out, and it's brilliant, and you're just chuffed with it. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. I think when I was a bit younger, I'd have been a bit miffed about this because I'd have been like, oh, you bugger looks, you know, give me a second season, you know, and you'd, you'd have, <laughs> but it, it, when it comes, you know, it just comes and you'll kick the tires and I'm sure it'll be all right. So I sort of don't care that much, you know, it's because yeah. Lego games are always just Lego games. And if it's got the, the depth and the breadth that it's, it claims to have, well, we're going to enjoy it, aren't we? You know? Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully it will be a Halo Infinite situation where the delays mm. have actually meant they've had the time to make a kick-ass game. So hopefully, yeah. It's just, uh, I think it's them, like you, I'm not too fussed that it's been put back. I'm not losing sleep over it. It's just quite annoying that the studio themselves, they haven't communicated anything for so long. They've just said, well, we're not ready. Don't feel yeah. like it yet. So just hang tight and everyone's like, oh, whatever. But... Yeah, you're right, though. We'll just turn up, be out to dinner, paying on the old card. I'll be sorry, so your card's, your card's declined. Check the old Monzo banking app. 50 quid's just dropped. Sorry, love. Uh -oh. It's your turn tonight, I think. You're going to have to pick this one up, or you're going to have to get washing up, lovely. There you go. Yeah. So we'll keep you updated, as always, on this one, but uh, take this with a pinch of salt. It could be April, May this year. Or Who pinch knows? some salt and make your money that way. <laughs> Pinch it and sell it. Why not? I'm just going to throw in here, uh, back to the last point on uh, the High Republic. The you know the uh, they did the audio book, the Tempest Runner book, which is by Kevin Scott, one of mm. the Audible books. That's been released as an actual hardcover book now in March. So just a heads up on a pre-order on that one. I was just having a quick gander at that one. Um, nice. So another yeah. one for the pre-order list, which I think it must be part of phase one because the audio book was before phase two, clearly. Yeah, that's phase one, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. All cool. Right. Thank you, Kevin. Mr. Scott. Scotty. Scotty too hottie. With the Star Wars books. Scotty. I was Lynn. She left you yet. <laughs> you know Kevin Scott? Yeah. Do you write Star Wars books? Well, cheers. Good. More gaming news. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. The whole Fallen Order thing. Remember last year we told you that the uh, the studio behind it, I think it's Respawn Entertainment and Lucasfilm Games, they were they made the decision early on to say that this is now a franchise. It's not a standalone singular release game. 
And uh, again, there's a bit of um, a bit of uh, Chinese whispers going on. But uh, Fallen Order two, they're not going to wait until E three this year, which is normally June ish time. They're going to present uh, some some gameplay and some story stuff before them. And uh, this comes from one of those uh, insidery people. Uh, but apparently, this person has got some chops, knows their onions, because this is the same person that brought us the the news about the Mass Effect remasters, the Star Wars Eclipse game, and the Dead Space reboot, and all of that stuff. This person told us all about that, and they came to fruition. So there's a little bit of... Um, this holds water a little bit, I guess, because of these previous things. So he's a bit of a decent insider. But uh, I honestly thought that Fallen Order 2 wasn't going to land until next year, dude. So this is great news. But... Um, What's also cool is that they are they're not they're not waiting until E3. So those of you that don't know, E3 is the big, big, big video game and entertainment expo thing where they have everything going on. So they're gonna do their own event, which is cool. Little mini Star Wars Fallen Order 2. So something else to pre-order, bud. Just grows and grows. Yeah. It's gotta be a Christmas job, this, hasn't it? You'd think this is gonna be a November time. Um I would, I would imagine. I can't see it coming out much before then. But like you said, we thought it was going to be the, the year after. We thought it was going to be a 23 release. And um, if they do announce that it's coming out this year, and, and, and I mean, that's that's a lot of work, dude, in a very short space of time on a next-gen game that people have very high, ex- high expectations of. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that that's a heck of a lot of work. And we'll just see. Again, it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating because there's that much content coming out that you know the, the the quality has to remain the quality's got to stay up because it's star wars so if it comes out and it's great you know we're going to pre-order this one we'll pick this one up it might end up on game pass you know through ea um might be a release day thing who knows we don't know probably not but um i think it's a pre-order <laughs> my, my 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 money is, is on it being in november uh release you know late late november um ready for a christmas window but yeah just curious to see. I, I agree on the event. I think it's always great when there's a Star, Star Wars specific event. I think it gets a lot of natural eyes on, um, and I think it makes a lot of sense to be the first, the first. I don't want to say non-COVID, but the first E3 since people have got back to some sense of normalcy, and since we've had the next-gen consoles with normalcy as well. Um, you know, so like obviously we had we had last year, but when we'd, we'd already had the next-gen consoles, but. This year will be the world will be just a tad more normal. The next gen consoles are around. It's easy to take a little bit of shine off something like a Fallen Order, and and and, and it have to share the limelight a little bit. Um, so I think for Star Wars, it's a it's a fairly wise move. And yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I really enjoyed that first game, especially when I changed the Xbox over to one that could actually run it. It was uh, <laughs> it was a very enjoyable game, dude. So yeah, I, I'm I'm good for this. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Unreal Engine. Unreal. It's in the game. Jurassic Park. Fallen Order 2. Like it. All right, dude. Let's uh, let's wrap the news up there. Let's talk about some Book of Boba Fett then, shall we? So, we're on to Chapter 3, dude. Written by Favreau. Licensed by Kathleen Kennedy. Directed by Rob Rodriguez. And it's very much in the same ilk as the first two eps we've seen. This were... They've really slowed the pace down across these episodes compared to the man. Because I thought some of the episodes of The Mandalorian were fairly slow and fairly, uh, you know, sluggish. Not necessarily a bad way at times, but definitely. Um, but this is like another level. This is um, so the chapter three is very much that. Yeah, we're just going to have a slow meander you know, and go and talk to a few people. And then we're going to intersperse that with some flashbacks and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and jobbies. But uh so the, the, just a very quick recap for the listener. And again, there will be spoilers for this, but um, very, very quick recap. So the um, uh, uh, Boba Fett and, uh, and Shanda are in the palace and they're doing their thing. And um, this dude comes in and he's like, yeah, these street urchins, these gangs are, you know, up to no good. If you go and sort them out, I'll double the tribute, you know, double the water sort of thing. And uh, they, they go to try and sort them out. And it turns out that these street gangs are just, uh, it's a bit of... Um, bit of a sort of real life inspiring sort of story it's like basically youths that have got nothing to do they've got no work so they're just hanging out so fat instead of taking them out and teaching them a lesson he gives them a job you know hires them as like a sort of band of security i suppose for him and uh 
And then later on, we see the twins turn back up and they're like, yeah, we sent this dude to kill you, old Santi. Didn't really mean to do that. <laughs> but nonetheless, you know, whatever. Fett again shows mercy, doesn't kill him, just captures him, sends him back with the twins. And then as a gift, they give him uh, a new rancor, which is nice. And then... Um, the twins bugger off. So apparently they want a truce. They reckon there's nothing going on on Tatooine anymore. They're just going to bugger off back to Hutter, but I don't think that's the case. And then we have a it's kind of strange moment where where Boba Fett has a real connection with the Rancor. He's, uh, you know, he's fascinated by it and wants to train it and ride it and stuff. It's a bit like, you know, uh, Django didn't buy him a pony for his birthday when he was younger. So this is the old... Uh, compensation for that i suppose and then on top of that we have uh we have the mayor up to a no good and they try and track down the mayor and his major domo just does the off as a nice street chase and stuff which provides a little bit of action and then one of the flashbacks uh the tuscan raiders send him off to um to talk to the pikes about some security payments uh and some uh protection money and then while he's out they get slaughtered by this gang that um they leave the mark and whatnot and uh and then that's it. So that's what answers our question last week. We said, how will he leave the Tuscan group? How will he, you know, finally get, you know, free of them and go back to do his own thing? Now we know that he didn't have a choice. They were all killed and blah, blah, blah. So uh, a fairly slow one again, dude. But um, yeah, some interesting bits. So off the bat then, what are your initial thoughts? Uh, shite. Um, oh, dear. It was, oh, dear. Yeah, it was, it, but with some fair bits. Um. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm, and I'm not. I sort of don't mind it being slow because the Mandalorian was slow in places. What I mind is the fact that the central character is doing nothing. The central character is doing nothing. Okay, now I know he's you know he put out into the wild. I'm an ex bounty hunter, and you're like, all right, you've changed your ways. You want to go legit by taking over a criminal empire. I understand, but he's. It was summed up by the water guy, the guy that sells the water, the water broker. No one respects him. Mm-hmm. And I know that he's going to have to do something, and I know he's going to have to be Boba Fett at some point. But we've not seen enough of his time with the Tuscans or the intervening time to show why he's so unlike he was in everything else that we've seen him in. Even the Mandalorian, he was more badass than this. And that was like the week before. So, there's something off with the characterization, man. There's something off with it. And, you know, Tamira Morrison and Robert Rodriguez have been saying that this is going to be game-changing, and it probably is. You know, I still, I will always have faith in that team because I trust them. I trust Filoni and Favreau and Robert Rodriguez. I trust them with it. So, I'm not saying that the book of Boba Fett will end up as being rubbish. I still believe that this pacing, this world-building, this this speed, everything will come to fruition and it will probably be some sort of pivotal thing in the Star Wars universe moving forward. But right now, there are some crap choices in my view. Um, The characterization, like I said, of Boba is, is weird. It's not bad, it's just weird. It doesn't seem to track. And I hope, really hope, we get an explanation for it. I really, really hope that the flashbacks that we're getting to him on uh, what's the world, the the cloning world, I forget the bloody world for it, Um, Camino. Camino. You know, the flashbacks to that unused Attack of the Clones footage. I hope that something comes of that where it's like, I didn't want to be like Django, but I didn't know what else to do, and now I've got an opportunity. Something like that, not necessarily that, but something like that where we get a bloody good justification for why he's chilled out. (laughs) Because the Boba Fett that we know... He would. You'd think he'd be hunting down Han Solo. He'd be hunting down Luke. He'd be hunting. You know, and and, and maybe that will be the case. Who knows? Um, because <clears throat> he's not a bounty hunter. He's got to make his money, and he's doing it without any regard for thought or action or like he's 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 not feeling like a crime lord. So that was like the first thing. The second thing was that gang was terrible. <laughs> That gang, dude, <laughs> was, it was like someone went, right, where are we going to get these actors from? And someone else went, there's a musical theatre group down at the school. 
that <laughs> I think we can probably get for cheap. And they were this, they for me, they were not a very good addition. And then those bloody bikes. Dude, brightly coloured bikes that were clearly just like Vespers that were owned by youths on the street that were stealing water because they had no money. But they had these pristine, clearly brand new hover bloody bikes. It was all wrong, man. It just really took me out of the episode. And then to bring it, there was a lot wrong with it for me. But I do see the benefits. I do see the world building. And I've got to say, when Chrysanthemum attacked him in the back to tank, um, even though he wasn't prepared, world's best bounty hunter, didn't have a gun with him. Silly. (laughs) That, when he attacked him, was fucking badass. Because he was terrifying, dude. And the fight was really, really good. Um, the, The Wookiee was terrifying. But... And there was some other bits like, you know, bringing the pikes in and um, the, the twins saying that there's a bigger picture criminal boss at work here and it's not worth them getting into an all-out war. Is that going to be Kira? Is it going to be Black Sun? Is it ju- it's probably not just the pikes. Um, you know, they just they follow Han Solo around, it appears. So, you know, are we going to get Han? Are we going to get someone else? Who Like, is this part of that? Is it? I don't know, dude, but I don't know. <laughs> there was some good bits, but it's not ticking the boxes so far for me, man. Mm. yeah no i i think i agree with you on that dude i think it feels like that mid-season dip that you sometimes get with um with a lot of tv shows where it starts off strong and ends strong but you have to go through this middle bit where you'd yeah you'd have to do a bit of character building a little bit of world building just to just to keep it going you can't have like full um hundred percent um all outness throughout the otherwise you'd just be exhausted throughout you know by the time so you need to slow it down a bit i guess but i think it's more to do with for me anyway it's the the character uh, like you said the the characterization of boba fett just feels a little bit like he's lost something from the previous iterations that we've seen not just in the films but in any of the books and comics and stuff he's always just been labeled as such a badass and such a such a cool um uh, not all out baddie like someone like Vader or anything like that, but just this really cool, certainly not a goodie in 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 the galaxy. So when you see him act like this, it's just like, dude, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you not? I understand that you want to, and it all anchors on that sentence from the from chapter one, right, about ruling with respect and not fear. Mm-hmm. I get that, and they're they're probably referencing that in all the storylines and the writing and stuff. So I get that, but surely you've got to kill someone. Surely there's got to be, <laughs> there has to be some casualties along the way. Otherwise, the, the, like you said, the guy that comes in, the water merchant, he's like, yeah, nobody, you know, everyone thinks you're just weak, dude. So, you know, you start helping us out, you start sorting these things out, and then we might start to respect you and stuff like that. You would have thought that hearing that, he'd have been like, right, I'm on it. Don't worry about it. And then that's it. They would have been dealt with. And you can. And then he sit- screws the water guy over. By yeah, the way, totally. Yeah, it totally screws him over. He's like, dude, I came to you to tell you what the problem was, and now you've exacerbated the problem, and I'm freaking credit short. So thanks for that. So yeah, he, he screws him over. But then, uh, you you're almost siding more with with Fennec because you yeah. can see that she's desperate to just go on a bit of a rampage, right? And just show all of all of uh, Mos Espa, you know, I'm Boba Fett's number one and I'm going to kill you <laughs> if I if you look at me the wrong way. She really wants to just get stuck in and mm. and and get the respect levels up via violence and, you know, fear. And he's holding her back the whole time and you can tell there's a little she, I don't know whether I don't know whether she's getting frustrated and you can see that slightly. Uh, and that's going to come to a head. I'm not sure, but dude, I, I'm just more on Fennec's side at the minute. I just want her to to take control a little bit and um, and just kick ass. But the other thing that's uh, that's not I'm not really feeling at the moment is the the softer sides of Boba Fett as well. So we mentioned this thing around he doesn't really want to uh, rule with fear and stuff like that. 
and you can you can understand that to a degree with the flashbacks and whatnot and you can understand that throughout his entire life he's experienced all these things now so he's not just a ruthless you know bounty hunter but when you see him with the rancor it's almost like you know the, your your nephew or your or your kid when you bring home a kitten or a little puppy and his face just lights up and it's like christmas morning stuff like come on man this is a fucking rancor so not only have we not only have we made Boba Fett look like a real, you know, just soft as shite, you know, now we've taken the shine off the rancor, because the rancor's meant to be the beast that you feed people to. But now it's this yeah. thing that he's stroking under the chin and it's all nice and fluffy and stuff. It's like uh, it's I don't know, I think they've taken a, a slightly wrong turn with the with the feel and the, the sentiment of these characters and stuff. Yeah, I I hear you, but I wonder if that's not a mistake. I wonder if there is, you know, I wonder if that is part of the narrative. You know, it, it it's we will maybe see what he's lost and why he's like this. Maybe you know, I, I think we've got to give Favs and and Filoni and Rodriguez some credit credit because they haven't steered anything else in the wrong direction. And I just wonder whether they're doing this to bait and switches, and it to just be like, do you know what? I've tried it that way. Fuck this, I'm Boba Fett. You know, so I wonder if that, and I don't know. I mean, that again, that's just the fandom probably kicking in. But it does make me wonder if he's he's trying something based on what the Tuscans have, have almost taught him. And I mean, doesn't like he was with them for long, only a few months, and then you know he's got a long time until he meets um, until he meets Mando and gets his armor back. So there's a lot going on there, <clears throat> and you've got to think that perhaps that is part of the story. We are maybe going to see what he's lost and why he lost it and why he's trying to turn over this new leaf. Um, and the same, you know, with the Rancor, maybe he had an experience with the Rancor, or maybe he's always respect, you know, respected a beast, you know, back from the arena days um, when his dad got his head lopped off. You know, we we might see some of that. You just don't know, you know, he, he, he might just see that big giant killing machine as just someone that gets thrown in with a bunch of Jedi and gets their, you know, gets the bloody legs chopped off. So <laughs> there's, there's, there's probably layers to this that we aren't seeing because we aren't the writers. But if you were to take it at face value, it doesn't feel right. But I think for me, I'm, I'm certainly willing to give them the credit and say, well, look, I'm sure you've got this because of what they've proven themselves capable of doing with Clone Wars and Mando and obviously, you know, upcoming Ahsoka stuff. They've clearly got an eye on legacy. They've clearly got an eye on interconnectivity. I would not be surprised to see Han Solo show up. I would not be surprised to see Kira show up. I would not be surprised to see... Um, even even more of the sort of Clone Wars era people show up, you know, Hondo and the other bounty hunters and, you know, I would not be surprised because mm. they've opened the door with Chris Anton. Um, and th- like I said, it would just, I, I want to separate that from the shite choices around the gang and those bikes and all that crap because that was just badly done. It was, you could tell it was in a studio. It didn't look like Tatooine. Even the chase for me, it was terrible it was like the logistics of it were great and the things that happened in it were fun and it was a good chase but it was like someone filmed the chase and went slow it down nope slow it down even more (laughs) slow Mm. nope slow it down slow it down and car chases go the other way speed it up speed it up speed it up speed it up um so i don't know it just every time that gang got involved it just, just just disjointed me um but the Chrysanthemum stuff was great. Um, you know, Danny fucking Treo bringing a Rancor is like perfect. Um, Danny Trejo, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> perfect. And you can, yeah. s- I'm almost willing to bet that there's something dodgy with him and the Rancor. You could see that at the end, or certainly they were trying to imply that mm-hmm. um, with the way he's clearly, you know, Boba is not that Rancor's master. He's not the first human that that bloody Rancor has seen. Um, and I think that's the trap potentially you know that's oh, there's certainly a, a portion of it there um i don't know it's just <laughs> it's just weird some nice callbacks witches of dathomir you know riding rancor i thought that was a really nice visual mm-hmm. in the mind you know bringing the witches of dathomir into it um do we see black sun because of the syndicates is, is it, i can't see it just being the pikes i don't think they feel threatening enough no. or connected enough yeah um and it does make you wonder there's clearly a war coming you know the huts are not gone um you know, they are, if they're stepping away from this other big bad, then 
it makes you wonder whether Hutt's just there to bring in Chrysanthemum, were they there to just show that actually it wasn't a mistake that Bib Fortuna was killed. And, it, you know, so to deal with that, what happened after jab a bit of it and to bring in the bigger bad, you know, some other syndicate, um, you know, does he then bring in Mando? Do we start to see some crossovers there for the, you know, calling on a return favour and all that? So I don't know, man, mm. but they have to do something to inject a level of surprise, to inject a level of relatability with this character for me. Yeah, no, I agree, dude. And I agree with you as well that, in Filoni, we trust, and Favreau, we trust. You know, they've earned that level of, um, you know, we should we should give them the benefit of uh, of the series, essentially, because it's probably one of those things where you look back on it and you look at the the series as a whole, and it's probably going to be badass. Mm-hmm. But they just want to get a bloody shift on. That's all I'm saying. Like this episode four, chapter four next week, and then we've only got three after that. And that sounds like, oh yeah, we got three episodes to do stuff, but that's still not. You know, this is not a 10, 12 episode thing. So they want to get their foot down a little bit. But um, it was cool to see Pelimoto in the background. Well, I think in the flashback. Mm. That was cool seeing a little pictureoid and stuff, a little link to the Mandalorian. Um, but yeah, I just want to touch on this gang then, because I think um, that was probably the worst bit of the episode for you. It sounds like this um, this bloody Vespa gang Big time. dudes. Um, I just couldn't... Um, I couldn't see why, sorry, I, I can't see why they went with, um, as a designer, I can't see why they went with that visual approach to that gang as well. Because every single thing you've ever seen on Tatooine throughout everything in canon has always been, um, a cer- it has a certain visual design language to it. So when you look at the dudes at Lucasfilm, um, and the, like the, the top dude, I think his name's Doug Chang. I think his name is, he's like mm-hmm. the top of the design, you know, the product designers and production designers. Um, I've seen behind the scenes and YouTube videos of when he's actually explaining, look, when we're, when we're on an, an, an Imperial shuttle, everything needs to look and feel a certain way when we're on, um, Coruscant, it's the same. And for Tatooine, it's the same. These things, it was like somebody some intern had got home had got hold of a a wacom tablet and is just color picking out of nothing you know there's just gone crazy with it so not only did the vespa bites look um just completely out of place um even what they were wearing and some of these um you know their augmented limbs and you know little gadgets little go-go gadget stuff it just looked like really um just generic sci-fi that you could have plucked out of any Mm-hmm. Um, sort of sci-fi comic or story. So I really, I don't want to see those guys again, but we will. You know we will. You know they're going to be lingering around for for how many episodes? I don't know. But um, so, yeah, just want to say that, like you, that was one of the weaker parts of it for me. But there were a couple of good elements to it as well. The first one was I really did feel for the Tuscans, dude, when they were mm-hmm. slaughtered because you'd got to know them to a degree, which is great storytelling because it's difficult to do it's difficult to form an attachment with a character when you can't see their face and they mm-hmm. can't communicate with you properly and you don't. So everything's done through gestures and, you know, decent sort of um, mime acting, I suppose, and stuff like that. So I really did feel for them, dude, when he got back, mm-hmm. you know, over the hill. It was almost like Luke going back to the homestead and seeing uh, uh, Baru and, um, and and Owen had been slaughtered and stuff. It had that similar kind of vibe and feeling to it. So I felt for them there. And then the other thing that I thought was cool was um uh, again going back to uh to um uh what's her face what's her face Fennec. Uh, Fennec Shand yeah my bloody memory yeah Fennec Shand I just think she's such a good character and is really consistent since the start of this program so yeah a couple of good points for me was there anything that did stand out for you that you did find to be very cool or not really uh, well I think you know the chrysanthemum stuff some of the references um, I thought they were the well placed and 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 good. Um, I agree on the, the 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 Tuscan Raiders. I thought that was a surprising moment, and I think it needed that those two surprises of um, <clears throat> Chrysanthemum attacking him in the back to tank and the, the the Tuscan Raiders being slaughtered. I think it needed those surprises because otherwise, literally nothing would have happened. Um, so I, I was grateful for them, and they were they were good and they were well executed. I think you're right. You know, it, it, it had had echoes of the Lars Homestead. Also had had echoes, which I don't think is a surprise. Um, 
given the flashbacks that we're seeing of Attack of the Clones, you know, where, where Anakin went loco, I, I, I think that was on purpose as well, and I think it certainly felt like you were seeing the aftermath of that kind of massacre. Um, and I, I think that was just a visual echo, which, it, which I don't think was an accident. Um, <sighs> it laid a few bits of groundwork that it did well. And I, th- I, do you know what I mean? You can't help but like Tamira Morrison. That's the annoying thing. He's, to me, he's playing like Captain Rex. He's, he's sort of playing if Captain Rex was mildly more pissed off. Yeah, yeah. Rather than Boba Fett, <laughs> that's sort of less pissed off. Do you know what I mean? That it's like sense. if you've got Rex yeah. at the bottom and Fett at the top, he's like sort of in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I take a lot of encouragement for that. I've always liked him, you know, regardless of what he's been in. So it's always good to see him because he's just a charming guy. And that might be the bloody problem. It could be the problem, dude. Yeah, it's too nice. You just, you immediately um, connect with his, uh, with his nicer, softer side. Could be it. And he's not got that, he's not got that. When he played Django, he was young and chiseled. And don't get me wrong, he's 61. And if I look like that at 61, I'll be delighted. But he's not like he was at 31. Mm. or 41 True. you know it's 20 years ago since attack of the clones this year and uh you know so he'd have been 40 41 when he was filming it and it, so he had that edge to him he had that sort of harder edge to him and and I, I don't know he needs to spin that up a little bit for me yeah true dude true and then um yeah as you've mentioned the fight with uh chris Anton was was pretty badass that was one of the best fights we've seen for a while mm. in star wars i reckon yeah he was scary badass. yeah he was yeah because we've always been told, haven't we, that, you know, Chewie's badass and he's hard and he can do all this stuff that terrifies you. But with, even in Solo, we didn't really see it because you can't, you honestly can't let one of your main protagonists be a nutcase. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it was it was nice to see that. It reminded me, I'll tell you what it reminded me of, where like Chewie was OT Obi-Wan and Jedi, you know, nice and chilled. Mm-hmm. Look at those, we're fencing, we're dancing around. And then like Chrysanthemum was like prequel Obi-Wan and all the Jedi mm-hmm. where they're just like, yeah, no, we can really fight now. <laughs> yeah, defo. Yeah, we've, we've had it explained to us about Chewie way back in the beginning. It's like, you know, Wookiees don't pull people's arms off when they lose, you know, and you think, mm-hmm. shit, you know, Wookiee's a bit strong. But when you actually see a Wookiee, like lose their shit, because he was shot and stabbed and beaten and thrown. And even at the end, he's still roaring away. And yeah, he's badass. Yeah. Don't want to be messing with that guy. So I yeah, I, I really him. liked that. Yeah. Oh, God, no. God, no. God, no. Makes you wonder if you'll ally up with him, you know, because he's just a merc and they've got a history. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was brutality. That I, I thought that was great. And, you know, fair play to Boba as well. <laughs> you know, he took Indeed. on a Wookiee half naked. Fair play. Yeah. He took a battering as well. He got thrown into some shelves and some walls and just yeah. got up. He's like, put his robe on like nothing happened. Badass. I quite liked that whole, you know, no hard feelings, it's just business because of the history that they've got. And they're both, you know, they're both from that world. I sort of, I always enjoy seeing those little interactions where it's just like, you know, I get it. We're good. Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm-hmm. I do quite like that. It's back to the gangster movies and like the Sopranos and mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's like, I, I get why we do this. It is what it is. So I'm, I'm, I always enjoy seeing those bits. Yeah, yeah. Out of score. Out of score. Out of 10 score. I'm going to be generous with a five. <laughs> generous with a five. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it a six. I was going to go with six, but those mm. fucking bikes, man. Yeah. I'm th- yeah. I wouldn't say I'm on the fence with a five. I did enjoy it. I did think it was a good a good watch. It's just nowhere near as good as I think some of the upcoming episodes are going to be. Sure. I agree. I agree. And I hope it is the game changer that Tamira Morrison and Robert Rodriguez have sold us. I hope it is. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think we are going to see some OT characters. I do. My gut tells me that we are probably, because of the world that it's in, I, I would be shocked if Chewie didn't turn up or Han. Yeah. No, I get that, dude. Forgot to the end of it, and we hadn't seen anybody. Be like, mm, that was a waste of time. In it, in it. Right, so uh, a five for Mark, six for me. 
reasonable scores nothing to shout home about so we'll hope that chapter four next week is going to bring home the bacon i think we'll wrap there for episode 139 It's been great, dude, to catch up and talk Star Wars. It's a great way to... We're so lucky, dude, to be able to close down the week and just chat Star Wars. Very, very cool. So, yeah, it's been awesome talking uh, everything Star Wars. I will get on the book news. By the time we record next week, I will let you know what book I have started. But I think I'm going to I'm gonna take my orders from Mark, as usual, you know, and, uh, and start the High Republic. So I'll do that. So, uh, yeah, so uh, thank you very much for listening in once again. Um, remember to follow our podcast on your fave podcast app. Give us a like over there so that every single Saturday you get a little notification pop-up that says you've got a new episode of Spark of Rebellion to listen to, which will be fun for you, I'm sure. And uh, we're on the socials too. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Twitter and then forward slash Instagram. Uh, we pop little bits of Star Wars news and chat Star Wars throughout the week. So come and get involved over there. And as I mentioned, if you want to support the show, if you like what we do here, then you can do that via our Patreon. So sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon. Come and jump on there. Various tiers, jump on from a buck upwards and get yourself some SOR swag. And to our current patrons, thank you so much for your current support. It's very much appreciated. Uh, it's been fun as always, dude. Always a pleasure. Yeah, looking forward to, uh, to next week. We've got something special coming up, which we'll talk about a little more but yeah jump on the books we can chat about them then but for you the listener out there listener what's a listener you're a listener Mm -hmm. um we appreciate it you know thanks for doing what you do and tuning in every single week and and letting us do this so yeah see you next week my man see you next week and uh star wars listener take care of yourself stay safe and may the force be with you always